Welcome to Standout, where entrepreneurs share what they've done to become media darlings. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. On this show, we talk about the power of publicity and how you can use it to grow your business. This is episode number 44. I'm so excited to share with you some new resources I've created to help you stand out using video. I talk with people all the time who want to start using video to market their businesses, to share a message, and yet they don't know where to start. They don't know what to say. So if you're ready to get serious about video, you can check out my no-fail video formula. Just go to CherylTanMedia.com forward slash video formula. You can watch my video right away. On to today's guest, Christina Nicholson. I had such a good time chatting with her. Maybe it's because we have so much in common. Christina is a former journalist turned entrepreneur. She helps entrepreneurs get media attention. Sounds familiar, right? <laughs> Listen to our discussion about the right way and the wrong way to capture the attention of journalists and learn why good PR is essential. We really delve into the reason why publicity is critical for any business and why it's worth the time to cultivate it. Christina, welcome to Stand Out. It is a pleasure having you on the show today. I am so excited to talk to you, Cheryl. You are a former TV anchor turned media maven. And boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> we have Story a lot in common. Life. Exactly. Something in common, that's for sure. Um, let's start with your story, though, of how you got to where you are and I guess starting where you came from, the, the world of TV. Okay. So I started in. Um, News 12, the Bronx. So I started in the number one market, but it was at the cable station. And then from there, and I didn't like it at all. I was there for three weeks. I made a tape and I got out. I feel like <laughs> New York City is a great place to be if you have a lot of money and you can live the New York life. But as a one-man band, which is what I was, driving around, shooting and editing everything on my own, I didn't like it. So from there, I went to Beaumont, Texas. And then Fort Myers, Florida, we all have this kind of story, right? Yeah, we do. <laughs> and my last market was in Miami. So New York to Beaumont to Fort Myers to Miami. And um, after Miami, I, I had a couple of kids and I decided that the news business was not very family friendly. So I needed to leave to get, you know, a flexible schedule because my family doesn't live in South Florida. My in-laws don't live in South Florida. So I needed to make my own schedule. And that's when I made the the switch from TV to PR, the popular mm -hmm. switch from, mm -hmm. from me to PR. <laughs> it sounds like, it kind of sounds like my story, except I didn't start in New York City. I started in Macon, Georgia, <laughs> then went to Richmond, Virginia, and ended up in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So I think if we had a room full of former reporters and anchors, our zigzagging across the U.S. That would be a definite common theme. Uh, how is it that once you decided to leave, which that I think we can talk about in and of itself, because that's not an easy decision, but why did you decide PR when there's like the buffet of options, honestly, for you? Why PR from leaving the newsroom? I think, and Cheryl, you can attest to this, I think it was an easier transition than any other industry just because 
you know when you are a member of you are pitched all the time whether you're pitched by a small business owner or a public relations firm um you get pitched a lot and nine out of ten times those pitches are terrible those press releases are not newsworthy like it was just you saw so many people doing these things the wrong way and you're like oh my gosh if they only knew what we did on our side it would make their job so much easier so i thought okay well why don't i just go do that and honestly it sounds crazy a lot of people are surprised to hear but i went to start looking at a pr firm because i never even thought of starting my own business so when i went to put some feelers out to local pr firms nobody would hire me what? because they would I know, like that surprises people, but they would say, tell me about your agency experience. What kind of public relations experience do you have? And I would tell them, like, I have none. I'm, my background is in journalism. I don't have any PR experience, but I do have experience the release you've ever sent me. Would you like to know why? And they would say, oh, no, thank you. You're not qualified. You're not qualified. But finally, somebody hired me. And I worked at that firm for six months and the boss was a little crazy. You know, it was one of those situations. And I thought I was getting a more flexible schedule, which I guess I kind of was. But, you know, when you have one of those bosses, you know, you only have so much flexibility. And I remember one day a client came in to pay his monthly retainer and his monthly retainer was more than what I made in a month. And he was one of like six clubs I was doing everything for. So I said, this is a service business. It's not like I need an office or, or employees or a lot of money. Like, why don't I just do this on my own? I'm doing all the work anyway, except when I do it on my own, I can actually keep all the money for myself. <laughs> and I don't have to waste time commuting. I can, you know, take a day off when I want. I can work at 11 p.m. if I want. I can take my kids to swimming lessons at four. So Six months after starting that job, I quit and started, I started my own thing. That's a great story because that aha moment, like had you not taken a look at that check, <laughs> what you'd be doing today, but that you were able to kind of see the possibilities even. I, I don't find, uh, at least right now, uh, too many journalists um, that that do this, that go into the entrepreneurial world. I think it is a lot easier to take your skills and work for um, a, a city or an organization and, and really take the journalism skills that we've been working on for so many years and use it to get some great coverage for the nonprofit or the organization that you work for. The, 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 the jump that you made from employee to corporate employee to entrepreneurial person. Um, how hard was that? Um, well, it was harder once I was in it. <laughs> I didn't realize, I didn't realize the struggle. So I thought going into it, like, okay, well, I'll just help these clients. And then after a couple of weeks into it, I was like, oh crap, I have to like get the clients myself. <laughs> I have to be like my sales. I have to go and like schmooze and I'm not a schmoozer, but I'm like, I have to go and get these people to pay me to actually do the service that I do. So I didn't like that part. I still don't like that part, but that's part of the job. I mean, I guess I just didn't realize that starting out and even now you wear so many different hats. 
I do all my admin work. I do my sales. I do my marketing. Then I do my, my client work. So definitely learn how to be strategic. I think coming from news, we already know how to manage time because, you know, like you come in at a certain hour, the five o'clock news starts at five o'clock. So it doesn't matter what happens during the day. You need to be done with your stuff ready at five o'clock. So I think, you know, we already have that time management thing down and being productive down. It was for me, it was just how to spend that time and be strategic to grow the business because, you know, I actually had to make money, you know, like my husband's not a rich man. So I had to make money, um, and do this. And it was, when I started out, it was definitely a lot of learning, a lot of trial and there were definitely like 14, 16, 18 hour days where I was just doing everything, Mm. but I would rather work more for myself and, and, you know, keep everything myself and, you know, be in charge of my own future, then work hard for somebody else to make somebody else money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. That really is. And it's that shift in mindset, I think, that makes us now unemployable, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> right? Totally. <laughs> so let's That's help true. our listeners and viewers because um, we were talking before we we got on this show about... Um, people not understanding, and I think we both see that the 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 conflicting the conflicting views that people have on how they, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, um, as somebody with a company, how they can get media coverage. So, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you run across when you're talking with people who say to you, Christina, get me on the news tomorrow. <laughs> I need it. Yeah, I say, I say, well, unless you want to spend a lot of money on an advertisement, and I think there is, you know, there is definitely just a lack of understanding. Um, You know, there's a lot of client education that goes into it. People think that they hire somebody to help them with their PR and it guarantees that they're going to get this coverage that they want. And I mean, I hold, you know, a couple people accountable for that. I think it's, Definitely the entrepreneur, the small business owner who doesn't fully grasp how it works. But there's also, and I've seen it, a lot of publicists at public relation firms who overpromise things mm-hmm. just to get the sale and then they don't deliver. And that leaves a bad taste in the mouth of the client. But then on whether they want to hire to handle their PR. So, you know, I get a lot of people, I get a lot of emails from people who will say, how much do I have to pay you to get in Forbes? And it's like, well, it doesn't work like that. Like you pay me to try to get you in Forbes. You don't pay me to get you in Forbes. It's not guaranteed. If something like that were guaranteed, then we would all be everywhere sharing our story, talking about our brand. And I like to use the analogy of like if you have cancer and you go to the doctor, you don't say, how much do I pay you to cure my cancer? You say, how much do I pay you for your time and your expertise and your knowledge to do what you need to do to try to cure my cancer? Mm. Because at the end of the day, a doctor cannot promise he's going to do that, but he can take strategic steps from what he knows to cure your cancer, but he doesn't control your body. Just like we don't control the media. So I can't force Forbes to cover you if they don't think you're worthy of coverage. Mm -hmm. But there is a way to pitch the media to get 
get their attention. And there is a way of finding your story and telling your story and giving the person everything they need to hopefully earn that coverage. And I feel like there's a big disconnect um, and people don't understand that you're paying somebody to try to earn you coverage, not to guarantee coverage. Right. Well, and to also give you skills and steps so that the next time there's something newsworthy happening to you, you are better prepared. And I think also the thing that people don't understand is it makes the resulting coverage more valuable for everybody, for everybody involved, because there is no money changing hands. Like it doesn't work that way. So um, I, I think what, what you share with your clients and through your programs, I mean, that is so, so very valuable to uh, help them and help the media outlets get stories that everybody wants to hear and read. Yeah. And I found, you know, I, I never even, so I never thought of going out on my own. And, and then, you know, I did that because I felt like there was no other choice because I needed a flexible schedule and nobody was going to give it to me. Mm-hmm. And then I found through, you know, my business development that so many small business owners want PR and they want media coverage, but they can't afford to pay a monthly retainer because it's expensive. It's a few thousand dollars a month to pay somebody to do this work because it is time consuming. So I thought, okay, well, let me just teach you how to do it on your own because you need to learn this. Clearly you don't know how. So you pay me just a fraction of what you'd pay somebody for a monthly retainer and I'll just teach you how to do it on your own. So that's how that came about Mm -hmm. because I feel like, I feel like it is necessary for people. It is the quickest and fastest the masses to reach your audience. You know, if you're focused on, on the right media outlet that reaches your audience. So I definitely think it's, it's an important quality that any business owner should know. And even if you're not a business owner, like I'm a big believer in branding yourself and what you do, even if you have a boss, even if you work for a big company, you should be promoting yourself, you know, if not in the media, at least on your LinkedIn page on why you are an expert at what you do, because what if something happens and you leave that job and you want to go off on your own or you want a new job? You you want to be known as an expert in your industry, whether or not you are an entrepreneur or not. Mm-hmm. It's always great to have options, to have possibilities should something happen to your company or to your position or whatever that is. Uh, you said something interesting earlier about how Uh, you're not that person that wants to be out there, you know, saying me, 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 I'm the one, I'm so great. And I, you know, I talk with a lot of entrepreneurs who feel that same way as well. Like it is hard for them to, um, and not for everybody, some people love it, (laughs) but not everybody loves uh, putting that spotlight on themselves and saying, I am so great why don't you know about me? So how how would you help them with that mindset? How do you help them promote themselves if they're really just nose to the grindstone, just doing a great job for their clients and growing their companies? How do you help them figure out how to promote themselves? Yeah. I mean, that's tricky because, you know, a lot of people don't want to look like they're bragging or, you know, like, have that annoying Facebook page where all they do is talk about themselves. And, you know, I used to be like that, like I didn't want to look this way, but then there came a point where it's like, okay, this is my business and I have to make money. And if I don't promote myself, nobody's going to. And, you know, you don't do it in a way where you look obnoxious, but I think it's, I think it's cool to show people, you know, like just get creative about it, like show people behind the scenes, 
you know, like tomorrow I'm going to do a segment on the local NBC station. So I'm going to bring my phone and my, maybe my selfie stick, maybe I'll go all out and bring the (laughs) selfie stick and, you know, just shoot video, just showing people behind the scenes. So even though I'm not saying, look at me, look at me, you're still seeing what I'm doing and you know what I do. Because a lot of the times when I get referrals, it's from somebody who just notices what I'm doing, you know, by what I'm posting on social media. And it's never like, look at me, hire me. It's always like, oh, this is what I'm doing today and this is why I'm doing it. So you can promote yourself without being overly promotional. And Cheryl, you know, that's exactly how you pitch yourself to the media. If you pitch yourself to the media being overly promotional, you're going to be sent to the sales department to buy an advertisement. (laughs) You want to tell a story and you want to... You want to educate people and entertain them without being promotional. So I think that's how you can also promote yourself. But at the end of the day, you have bills to pay. So you need to tell people what you do. Mm-hmm. Amen. Very good. Really good stuff. <laughs> so here's the other thing too, is a lot of times, um, you know, you talk with any kind of expert, you know, a social media expert, a clothing maker, whatever that is, a designer even. And sometimes they, um, it's like the cobbler and the shoes, like they don't necessarily focus on their own thing because they're working on their clients things. And so you've been really, really good about getting in places that focus on, focus the spotlight on you. I think that's really good. I mean, you've been on Pat Flynn's podcast. You've probably been on a lot of other podcasts. I don't even know. So a lot of places you've placed yourself. You've been in the Huffington Post. Um, you've you yourself have gotten you media mentions while doing so for your clients. Can you talk about that balance? And this will help me try and figure out how to do it for myself. Is when you're working with other people. How do you do it for yourself and split the time or is it 60, 40? Like, how do you make it happen? Yeah, I think, um, it's important to treat yourself as a client and Mm. I really think people should practice what they preach because I, I say it like this, like if I'm going to get my hair done at a salon and the person doing my hair hair, that's going to leave a bad taste in my mouth and I'll probably cancel my appointment. Or like, if you're going to get your makeup done and the person doing your makeup has terrible makeup, you're going to be like, Oh, I don't know if I should see you. So I feel like it's important to practice what you preach. So if I'm going to talk about why it's important to earn media exposure and how you should earn it, I feel like be earning it for, there's a lot of, you know, that saying people who don't do teach. Is that a saying? Right. We've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I feel like, and, and especially just in the online business, you know, everybody's teaching everything, but it's like, but are they really an expert? So I want to show a look, I teach media exposure. I don't just do it my, for my clients, but I do it for myself. It's that easy. So you can do it too. So I just think it's important to practice, to practice what you preach. And, you know, we talked about time management and being productive. I think, you need to block off that time to treat yourself as a client. Right. As if you were being billed, right? Or billing somebody, block off that hour, hour and a half per day or per week or whatever it is you decide to focus on pitching media or speaking on a stage or even this podcast, something like that, putting something together that shows you as that expert. Yeah. Super, super smart. What, um, what things can we help our audience with right now as far as setting themselves up 
for success, you know, whether it's video or media, something that we can leave this audience, the standout audience with. We're filled with um, entrepreneurs of all kinds, all kinds of entrepreneurs listen to this show, and they're really just trying to get their name out there. They're trying to um, use the power of social media, the traditional media, video to let other people know what it is they're trying to do. So what kind of kinds of tips can you leave them with, Christina? I think the biggest thing is to have a goal because, you know, everybody just says, oh, I want media exposure. But first you have to ask yourself why, like, what is your goal from this media exposure? Do you want to build your email list? Do you want people to walk in your store? What do you want the outcome to be? Because if it's to build, and you probably don't want to be on local TV. You know, if you have a national brand, a national business, then local TV isn't going to be, you know, that beneficial to you. So first determine your goal. And then based on that goal, that will determine where you want to be. So if maybe it's, you know, in podcasts, maybe you have a local business. So that would be the local newspaper or local TV. So I think depending on your goal, then you decide where you want to be. And that's when you just start to break down and, and really do your homework. You have to decide, okay, well, I want to be local. So who are the local writers that deal with, with my industry? And then you focus on them and then you relationship builds with them. Just start with your goal. And then from there you get your outlets and then you just break it down to the writers, editors, journalists, and you start, you know, the relationship building and you, you have to keep it real. Like don't reach out to somebody and say something nice and hoping they'll do something nice for you. Like <laughs> if they're in your industry, you should care about what they're writing about or what they're talking about or what their videos are about because they're in your industry. So you should be watching and liking the stuff already. Like even before I started my own business, you mentioned Pat Flynn. I was listening to Pat Flynn before I started the business because I started like a fun lifestyle blog on the side. Mm -hmm. And then when I started this business, I was like, Oh, Pat Flynn, like he can actually help me with this new business too. <laughs> so, you know, you, you probably are already consuming this stuff and it's just a matter of reaching out to the person and saying, Hey, I like your stuff and this is why. And, you know, eventually you may be able to help them and in return they can help you at the same time. Right. People can tell a genuine connection. People can tell if you really admire them. Like you, I imagine, admire Pat Flynn. He probably could see that through your conversation with him, through your email or whatever it is you sent him to get you on his podcast. So yeah, I mean, there's, um, it's a relationship, like you mentioned. It is definitely a relationship. Well, how can people learn more about you? How can they reach out to you and learn about some of the services that you offer to them? Okay, well, I am at media maven and more my website i'm on twitter and instagram and linkedin everywhere at christina all day and for your um for your viewers i have a special gift i have my ebook that i want to give them for free it's called master your media relations and it's just about finding your story, pitching the media, how to find them and pitch them effectively. And they can get that at mediamavenandmore.com slash stand out. Awesome. That's wonderful. Christina, thank you very, very much. And we really appreciate your time and sharing your expertise with us. Before we go, I just have a question that I ask all the guests who come on stand out. And that is, what makes you a standout? Oh, oh gosh, Cheryl. Okay. <laughs> I guess, I guess 
and some people like this and some people don't. I guess it depends on your personality. But I am very open and honest. Like I am very, I don't sugarcoat things. And I feel like in the business world, especially as entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, we're so busy. We don't have time for the sugarcoating. Like just give it to me straight. Don't waste my time. And I feel like I do that with a lot of people, whether I just meet you and we know for five, we know each other for five minutes or I've known you for five years. I, I just tell it like it is because I feel like that's how I would want things, especially in business. Just tell me like it is, you know, I know you're not trying to hurt my feelings. Like we have things to do. So I think, I think that that sets me apart a little bit as I, I, I just lay it out. I lay it on them. Christina, thank you so much for joining us for the show today. Thank you, Cheryl. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you as well. Want to catch the show notes for this and past episodes? All of the standout shows are in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode number 44. Want the no-fail video formula? You can get that on the website as well at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash video formula. Did you enjoy the show? Please share it with someone who may benefit from it. Really, the best way to get this show in front of more listeners is to subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. Thank you in advance for your support. Until next time, I'm Cheryl Tan.